the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome to this week's 442 Insider podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson and joining me as ever in the broom cupboard is Trevor Trahan, editor. Hello. Hello. Uh, and our silent partner, Simon. One day I reckon we should give Simon a microphone, see if he actually can't knows. Do any, can't do any can't words. Can't do any words, see if he knows more about football than we do. All right, let's kick off. A-League uh, Round 26 yep. review. How can it be Round 26 review when the teams have all played 28 games? Well, yeah. Games. That is right, though. It yeah. is, yeah, it's week, week 26. Week 26, I suppose yeah. it is. Yeah, OK, let away that. All right, kicked off with uh, a slightly delayed game, Melbourne Heart versus the Central Coast Mariners. Mm-hmm. Uh, kick-off was delayed an hour and 20 minutes, and at, at one stage it, was, it looked like it would be impossible for the game to go on, but um, credit to the, uh, to the Amy Park, uh, both the drainage and the, um, and the groundsman there, it did go ahead. And it, it, you know, it was actually a, a pretty decent game, considering. You know, they're saying in the first half that you know a half is enough to have been played. So, for example, if Hart were one nil up at half time and they, the rain was too bad at the second half, they'd win one nil. That didn't really? sit. Yeah, that you know, like in cricket, once you've yeah, done yeah. a certain amount of overs, it's considered yeah. a game. Yeah. Um, I wasn't aware that was the case. I thought you had to play the whole ninety because you've seen games get called off right near the end, and yeah, then they've had unless to be, that's another one of those. Replayed. Uh, Random A-League rules that they've yeah, in there. Yeah, pioneers at the A-League. Yeah, um, yeah it, was, it was sort of strange, you know, late getting off heart. Um, good at picking up draws at home, haven't they been, this season? But I think they'd be disappointed to, to get their nose in front. The old cliche, most dangerous time to concede after you've scored, and they went and did it um, straight away. But looking in the context of how the Mariners have been playing against everyone else, um, the point's probably not too bad <laughs> against them, but it doesn't... You know, Hart need more at this stage of the season, don't they? Yeah, and that obviously we'll, we'll look at the table at the end, but that sort of pretty much uh, concluded Hart's involvement this season, uh, meaning that they, they they couldn't really make the finals. So, um, but obviously the Mariners still uh, got that point, which solidified them in uh, in second spot. Um, probably the shock of the round uh, was the next game. Um, Wellington Phoenix winning on the road to Adelaide. There we were last week. <laughs> if ever there was a home banker, here it is. Uh, a Chris Greenacre diving header um, was enough to seal the points in the first half for uh, for Phoenix. And uh, th- again, this, this was a massive victory for Phoenix because uh, it pretty much uh, made sure that they're, they're going to bag a final spot ahead of Hearts. So, um, mate, did you, uh, what did you make of this? Yeah, they've still got a hard route to get through Wellington. But, you know, we said this last season, if Wellington are ever going to be a serious side in terms of you know winning grand finals they've got to learn how to win away from home and especially going into that final series so to get a win somewhere like Adelaide is, is a you know a massive boost for them when they're going to have to go on the road in the final series in terms of Adelaide they're in a real dip of form aren't they yeah um, since pretty much the start of December so I mean that's a while now they've been sort of sliding down after that incredible start and that's not really the form you need um, you know they're, they're now only going to get third um, so yeah, they're, they're a little bit of a concern, aren't they? And you look at games, you know, you look at the top three, and we've obviously Brisbane have, have only lost one game, uh, and considering Adelaide were were you know really solid in second place for so long, You're a two horse race. They've now lost they, yeah. ten games to to the Mariners five, mm. you know, so that's a, there's a big gulf there. Um, so yeah, I mean they they, they now need to uh, to refine that form for the finals because otherwise they could be. Um, 
they could be the team that, that was there or thereabouts for so long and then bumps out of the finals in week one. But uh, like you say, Wellington, great for the confidence going away and winning. Um, we'll talk about last night's game in, in a moment, but um, certainly the former Danny Vukovic as well. Uh, I mean, he was unlucky to, to be on the losing side last night because I probably made him man of the match. But um, you, you know, to do well in the finals, you're going to need a good keeper. Yeah. And, and he seems to be in form at the right time. Um, Newcastle, Sydney, uh, one all. Uh, got, didn't get going until late. Uh, Bruno opened the scoring. Bruno Casarine for Sydney. Uh, it was equalised by a, a Sash Petrovsky um, goal on the 84th minute. And to be fair, Newcastle could and should have won it with uh, mm. Topol Stanley's <laughs> miss. Celebrating his new contract. Yeah. <laughs> Although he wasn't at that point. But yeah. Uh, so Topol Stanley really should have won the points from, uh, from about two or three yards out. I think it just sort of hit him and, and ballooned over the bar. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a shame that was a draw, really, because it would have made the finals chase a bit more interesting if, no matter who, if one of those two had won. And mate, to be fair, I'll post it. You picked this last week because I was listening to the, I listened, re-listened to our predictions just to sort of see oh. what we got. And you said this will probably be one of those draws that does neither team any good. <laughs> well, there you go. So there you were. Um, Perth Glory's limp to the finish <laughs> of their season continued uh, with defeat at home to the Gold Coast, and the, the crowds are slowly sort of uh, subsiding. There, we're down to sort of six and a half thousand, which is really, you know. Anyone could play for Perth, and six and a half thousand would turn up. I think so. Well, they've um, got they had a massive membership. They jump, did, didn't they? When you know, Robbie and, came and in. that you know again, that, that's such a major concern when when, <laughs> when you've people paid, paid <laughs> and aren't going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Shane Smeltz with a double. Uh, Adam Taggart got one back, but it was merely a consolation. Um, so as you said, Gold Coast that that sort of kept them in the running uh, for sort of third spot, um, duking it out with Adelaide. And you'd probably say that Gold Coast. Um, Right now, I mean, it's going to go down to the last game, uh, where, but unfortunately, Gold Coast got Brisbane, so you'd probably say that um, yeah. Adelaide are favourites to finish in third. Uh, that was it for the weekend. Yep, yeah, onto the midweek, yeah. And then the games uh, last night were yeah. um, what do we have? Sydney. Sydney FC two, Wellington Phoenix nil. Bizarre opening goal. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, Sydney dominated the first half, and, and but for. Uh, a phenomenal performance from Danny Vukovic. Um, you know, you, you'd probably say that it, it could have been three or four nil at half time. Um, but then he got a penalty after 54 minutes. Nicky Carl stepped up, one of the worst penalties you'll ever see. Uh, <laughs> dribbled it down the middle. Vukovic kneed it back to him. Carl controlled it and then tried to pick his spot, and Vukovic saved again. And then it rebounded back off Nicky Ward's head. Uh, so, in, um, Brendan Gann came on for Carl and, and scored pretty quickly, uh, which you know, was good for him. Stakes his, his claim going into the um, into the Champions League. But again, another poor crowd there, less than 5,000 at Sydney FC. Um, Gold Coast uh, played host to Central Coast Mariners in the second game. Massive. Um, and this was a, you know, a great win for the Mariners, considering that they had you know, they, or they rested or had injuries to a, to a lot of their first choice um, players, the young lads that came in. Uh, Abini, Amini and Mitchell Duke all scoring their first A-League goals for a phenomenal 3-0 away win. Schmelz got one back. Trev, you know, mm. you talk about momentum in football. The Mariners are, are hurtling into the finals. I mean, there's some really good results. To go to Gold Coast, stick away three goals. Um, and those youngsters coming through and doing well. Quite an interesting point that, that Harm Berger and, and our columnist uh, Michael Lynch are, are always saying about 
you know, there's almost too many imports coming into the A-League that aren't any better than the young lads who are coming through. Yeah. And I think Mariners, particularly the Mariners last night, were complete evidence of that. Um, I love seeing Afro Man score just because we get a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant celebration. Uh, is, is it me? Is it getting bigger? I think it is. Yeah. Do you know, he sort of started at the start of the season and said, "I'm not going to get it cut until we're out." We <laughs> until we win the grand final. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he looks a, a really, really good player, doesn't he? And and you know, we talked about Arnie's redemption, and one of the biggest criticisms, you know, other than not being good enough for Socceroos, was that he didn't know how to handle and nurture young players, particularly with the Ollie Roos. Um, but he seems to, you know, kind of thrown him in and given him a chance. Wenger, well, yeah, maybe he's le- yeah, maybe he's learnt from that. You know, fair play to him. You know, it's yeah. Just, uh, but also, I, I was very impressed with the beanie. I thought he looked strong, confident, yeah. great finish. Um, you know, he's got 12 goals for the youth team this season. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, there's, there's the sort of players there that could get thrown on in, in a final situation. With, you know, they just seem to play without much fear, really, and they mm. didn't seem to miss um, to miss Griffiths or Perez. You know, they're just uh, they're just dominated, really. Yeah. So, um, and a couple of those Nike Chance lads were already on the books of the Mariners. So they're doing something very right in recruiting, you know, young players. That's um, always been a good affluent football area. And yeah, they, they carry on churning them out. They're going to be tough to stop. Yeah, we also obviously forgot the game on Tuesday night, which was uh, Brisbane uh, playing at home. Well, not at home. They were at the Gold Coast uh, at Skill Park, yep. beating the North Queensland Fury two one, which was another uh, which is another record. They're extending that unbeaten record now. I think is it twenty four games? Or, yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking about you know the, the attendance, the lowest ever, a thousand and three. Yeah. Do you think there was four people? That were just like, should we go? Should we go? And they went. Imagine if they didn't go, and it was in three. Yeah, it was in three figures. Oh, you got to admit, uh, Tuesday night on the Gold Coast with teams from Brisbane. I'm surprised that, that, that there was that many there. I mean, so fair play to the, uh, I, I presume Brisbane fans that made the trip down to the Gold Coast. Uh, Little stat before yeah, we move on. on. Between, between the Gold Coast and the Central Coast Mariners, their attendance of 2,037 is exactly the same attendance for exactly that game in 2009. 2037. Do you reckon it's the same lot? It could have been exactly, exactly the same. Exactly the same. <laughs> exactly Do you reckon in 2009 <laughs> it went, same time, same place? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's look at the table. Um, we've, well, there's a game tonight, which we'll talk about uh, in the preview, but after the game tonight, that will put everyone on 29 games. Um, there are... The, the final six is set now. Yeah. Um, so the, the finals will be Brisbane, Central Coast Mariners, Adelaide, Gold Coast United, M- Melbourne Victory and Wellington Phoenix. And realistically in that order, The relegation it, yeah. fight at the bottom... <laughs> oh, wait, there isn't one, is no. there? No. So there is no relegation. Um, although North Queens and Fury are still facing the ultimate relegation, I suppose, mm-hmm. you could say. But uh, Brisbane Moor have really run away with it. Eight points clear. Um, although... As of next week, that counts for nothing. Yep. You know, they've got to face the informed Mariners home and away. And who would bet against the Mariners over two legs nicking that? If the Mariners do that and they earn the right to host the grand final, will it be in Sydney? Will they, well, will they shift yeah, that again? Yeah, the, because the, the, the Mariners that won the major semi-final when it was the Mariners versus the Jets, wasn't it? Yeah. So they were the... 
Is that right? So they, yeah, yeah, they were the home team, but they, they moved it to, um, to the SFS. Wouldn't you prefer a night out in Brisbane? Don't we want Brisbane to win so we can go to the grand final there? It would be fitting. And, and also, I think, you know, Brisbane are at home this weekend, obviously, the Gold Coast, which, you know, and, and the great thing was that Brisbane Raw yesterday posted a picture, did you see that, of mm. Suncorp, yep. which uh, looks yeah. like it's made a miraculous recovery. I mean, the pitch looks fantastic. So it's always a good surface there, one of the best voted by the players. So... It'll be a really fitting finale with everything that Brisbane has gone through over the last few weeks that um, they will see their team uh, lift the trophy at Suncorp. And as you say, Trevor, it would be, uh, be an even more fitting finale if the grand final was there. And as you yeah. say, it's a good night out in Brisbane. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> go to rule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all for part one. Uh, we'll be back in part two to have a look at some of the uh, headlines on our website, au.442.com. So join us after the break. The new issue of 442 is on sale, and it's our annual Top 100 Players in the World Special Edition. Who will be number one? We head to Japan to meet Socceroo rising star Matt Spiranovic and go one-on-one with Liverpool legend Ian Rush. There's also the never-before-told story of Man United's riotous 1999 tour down under without Sir Alex Ferguson to watch over them. We'll also visit seven European local derbies in one huge Sunday. If that wasn't enough, there's a UEFA Champions League sticker album and stickers free with every issue. On sale now at newsagents or on the iPad via the App Store. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. We're going to look at some of the main news from our website, au.442.com. It's been a week of uh, merry-go-rounds in the A-League with uh, sign-ins and re-sign-ins. Let's take a look at them. I mean, yet again, we've seen some Spurious use of the term major, <laughs> major signing, signing, uh, or new signing, indeed. Um, Nikolai Topper Stanley was heavily tipped to move back to Sydney, um, mm. but it looks like the Jets have, uh, have successfully wooed him. Maybe it was um, that miss. <laughs> Just, maybe yeah, I don't want him. <laughs> uh, so he's going to stay at the Jets, um, which is interesting because at the same time, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not actually sure whether this has been 100% confirmed, but it seems to be one of those worst kept secrets that Matt German is going to go to Brisbane Raw to replace Luke Devere. Um, now, whether Sydney FC had assumed that Topper Stanley was in the bag before mm. letting him go, because it, uh, if they didn't, it doesn't really appear to make any sense, because Germans come in at the, you know, at the back end of this season and has played fantastically well, and you just think, why would they let a young mm. Australian centre-back that's just broken into the team leave? Um, without having a ready-made replacement. Sydney are not doing a great job at replacing players on the way out, are they? That's been the problem this season, that they just didn't you know, replace the guys that had won the title for them. So, yeah, but that's very possible that they've had that mix-up. Yeah, but their scouting network is alive and well, and uh, they've si- re-signed... <laughs> great scouting. They've Where'd re-signed you... Carol Kissel, who, oh uh, who they let go last season, uh, and now he's back. So, um, back from out, out of space. Back out with the X. So, yeah, Kissel will be back next season. Apparently, he's not going to join time. For, he, he can't make the champ, Asian Champions League because Sydney have got their full quota of, uh, of overseas players. So, he'll be back for A-League season seven. And he's 35 now, yeah? Yeah. OK, yeah. And oh, he's going to furious at me with shooting on sight a thousand times again. Uh, Tando Valapi will be moving to uh, Melbourne Victory. 
to be, you would guess, at the start, understudy to, to Michael Petkovic, who's still got another year to run, I believe. Yeah, but he's lost his place in the Perth team, so he'd like to go and be a reserve goalkeeper at another side, basically what's happening. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, when he started, he was sort of 18, 19, and you know, he got, got big raps, and he's not really sort of kicked on as he's had it. No, a couple of clangers, hasn't he? A few chances, look. and um, hasn't really grabbed it. Though. You know, he has represented Australia under 20 and under 23. Um, so maybe he'll be a you know, bit of a late bloomer and he'll get his chance. Yeah, I mean, interesting about Vukovic though, isn't it, that pre him having the, the infamous ban is how highly rated he was and, you know, on to yeah. be the next soccer's goalkeeper. And he, he really sort of lost his way in recent years, didn't he? So to see him re-establish himself. The other thing that's sort of like, is, is the amount of A-League players now that have played for like three and four A-League teams. Yeah. It's getting a bit sort of weird. I mean, Valapi's played for Brisbane, didn't he? Yeah. He's played for Perth. He's played for Victory. And they're not allowed to trade between each other, are they? They're not allowed to buy no. between each other. No, they just, have just to, yeah. when they're out of contract. So Vukovic has obviously now gone Mariners, Wellington, Perth. Yeah, went on, went, on, uh, went on holiday for a bit. It's Turkey, <laughs> it's Turkey, yeah. Um, all right, the other, uh, Rini Coolen uh, has secured himself a four-year deal at Adelaide uh, on the back of, uh, you know, as we talked about, they've, they've dipped a little bit recently, mm. but um, you can't say that it's been a failure to finish it's last last year. Oh, yeah, the wooden spoon last wooden year. Wooden spooners yeah. to uh, to finals and, and you know for a long time, you know Premier League cont- Premiership contenders. So uh, yeah, good play to uh, to Rini. And also you know I do quite like it when clubs are now sort of backing the coaches a bit more. I just find this one year deal and mm. you know it doesn't really give them the chance. And you know and also as we see him with um, with Sydney FC, you know there was talk about the top of Stanley and the fact that Sydney's coach is not. He's not decided yet for next season. You know, they've only given him a contract to the end of the Champions League. So how is that impacting on their recruitment of players when they don't even know who they're going to be playing for necessarily next season? So I think I'm all for, uh, you know, if you find the right coach, stick with them, give the club a bit of stability, let them go and build their own, their own squad. So, uh, so mm. fair play to Adelaide and an- another good uh, move, I think, by the, the new ownership there. Talking about you know, management changes in the closed season, what do you think the chances are of a foreign coach going to Perth? You would think that that's where a lot... I want to see the striker man there. If Fury go, I want a, I want a campaign. Bring, <laughs> the, bring the cream jacket to, the, yeah. to Perth. I think it'd be perfect. I think the shed yeah. would love him. Yeah. Yeah, gets involved. I think it'd be quality. Um, but obviously, you know, first first hope is that uh, North Queens and Fury are still around next season. But if not, I hope that um, that Striker does find a find a new gig because uh, he's certainly been a, a, an addition to the um, to the coverage and, and to the league. Now, a bit of Asian Cup aftermath uh, fallout from the final. David Carney um, expressed his disappointment, uh, gutted were his words. By um, he wasn't the only one. Um, by his sort of momentary sort of lapse of concentration, and he's admitted and put his hand up. So you know, fair play to no, him. Really good of him. You know, the yeah. amount of footballers that wouldn't, you know, need to say anything like that, or might make the point that we made in the podcast previous. If I was Carney, I'd be turning around and moaning about the amount of chances they missed. Yeah. Um, look, we know Carney's a really good guy, isn't he? And yeah. he, you know, he. I'm not surprised that he's come out and make comments like that. And it was good to, to read the reader comments below the story as well because everything was negative about Carney after we'd lost the Asian Cup final and, and people kind of took on board Carney's points. Yeah. 
Uh, and hopefully as well, you know, as he says, he said that Ian Holloway watched all the games and, you know, it's good that, because he's not been featuring yes, in the starting yeah. lineup for Blackpool. So him going there and having, you know, what it's like four, five, six games over the space of three weeks. Yeah. He played against West Ham actually, Carney yeah. did at left back. So yeah, and, you know, um, Holloway, that's the comments in the story. So Holloway was saying he reckoned he was one of the better players at the Asian Cup. So. Uh, Neil Kilkenny uh, has gone back to Leeds, obviously, from the Asian Cup. Probably didn't expect to um, have as much of an impact as he did. Uh, said he really enjoyed the experience and he was given the chance. Um, yeah, got, on, got onto the pitch quite a lot. Uh, and he's looking to build from that. I mean, he's, is he one of those who you'd probably say has catapulted his chances, Trev, for the World Cup? Yeah, sure. It's quite, we spoke to, to Matt Mackay this month for the MAG, and one of the things I was chatting to him about was how Holger's really made everyone in the squad feel like they've got a chance of playing. And he's just going to play whoever's on form. I mean, Brett Emerson found himself on the bench, didn't yeah. he? Because he did such a good job before. Um, and that's such a good thing to have in the squad, is that if you're in the squad, you're, you know, you're a good chance of playing. Because there's lots of people that tag along to squads and think, well, you know, I know who the manager likes playing, how he likes playing, and what 11 he likes playing. I'm never going to you know, get any further than a squad place. But now there's, there's a real culture in there that anyone can step up. Because it, it was Neil Kilkenny that... Graham Arnold said yeah. to you that he, when he was at the Olympics, he was missing his car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe we're seeing a sort of slightly more mature Neil uh, Kilkenny three years later, um, you know, now sort of uh, establishing himself as a footballer and being able to spend a few weeks away without his motor. Yeah. yeah. Good on him. Um, Scott McDonald. <laughs> Bit of a strange one, this. Remember him? <laughs> Just came out and said that he thinks Qatar will be a... Will, the, the 2022 World Cup finals will be a, a success, um, despite the mostly beating Australia to host it. Um, he said, no, it'd be a good, be good finals, having been there. Um, having been there and shepherded to the games, not had tickets and been waiting outside. <laughs> true. Yeah, so it's a bit of an odd one, that. Well, uh, uh, weekend wrap, Aussies abroad, Harry Kuehl, uh, returning style, scoring in their 4-2 win. Um you got three goals, obviously, in Qatar. Um, Lucas Neal also started the game, didn't finish it. Um, he, he came off after 69 minutes. Uh, Brett Emerton uh, played in the losing Blackburn team and lost 4-3 to, uh, to Wigan, as you said, mate. Uh, David Carney played um, left back again at Everton. What, what a cracking game that was, 5-3. Yeah. Uh, done, done a good job at left back then, 5-3. Yeah, Tim Cale... Uh, Came on as a 70th minute sub, uh, so it's good to see him back. I'm sure David Moyes will be pleased to see him uh, back on the bench. Mark Schwarzer uh, played in a 2-2 draw with my boys, Villa. Um, Neil Kilkenny obviously uh, played for Leeds United, came on as a 79th minute sub. Scott McDonald came on as a sub. Shane Lowry uh, is on loan over at um, Sheffield United, but they went down 3-0 at Ipswich. And Adam Federici put in a full shift, but unfortunately he couldn't stop QPR winning 1-0. Um, Mark Bresciano got his first league start for Lazio since November played mm. a full game as they drew one all with Chievo uh, so good to see uh, Bresch back on the trail and you know would you say after the Asian Cup that he's still is there still a place for him in the soccer squad Trev? Um, I think it might be quite tough for him back in I mean there's no doubt he's, he's got the quality if he was playing regular first team football but you know until he does and the fact of the players that come through done so well yeah, he, I think you can see him getting back into squads, but sort of nailing down a spot in the way he did before might be a stretch too far. He still he strikes me as a player that if I was someone like Melbourne Hart, mm. I'd be going after Bresciano. 
Yeah. You know, like, still got a lot to offer. Still, you know, still fit. Not getting a look in, really. He's not playing as regularly as he'd want. You know, bring him back. Bring him home. Yep. Bring him back. All right. That's it for part two. We'll be back in part three to talk about fan power. Where does it, where should it start? Where should it end? Uh, we've, we've had a few issues over the last week. Um, obviously Melbourne victories, uh, troubles with their fans, but also overnight we saw the new, uh, Newcastle Jets, uh, release their new colours, which has, um, provoked some interesting reactions from the supporters. So we'll be back after this break to, uh, to talk that through. Visit Football Emporium on www.footballemporium.biz to see the largest selection of football merchandise and memorabilia in Australia. A real football shopping experience. Or why not pop in and visit them directly at 139 Victoria Road, Dremoyne. Or simply call them on 1304 Goals to find out what's new in the football world. Back to 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. We're going to focus on uh, on you lot now, the fans. Um, there's been uh, quite a few very well-publicised spats, shall we say, this week, over the last uh, week or so. Uh, the main one being, uh, from, a, from a fan perspective, being Melbourne Victory uh, and their, the attitude towards them from, the, from what they're saying from the club and security staff and the, uh, and the Victorian police uh, which seems like you know they're, they're getting some pretty heavy-handed treatment down there, uh, which, to be honest, is, is pretty unnecessary. Um, Trev, yep. what do you think about this? Well, we've, we heard the interesting peacemaker in this, the Kofi Annan down there, was <laughs> was one Kevin Musket. Yes, yeah, <laughs> known for sort saw, of diffusing situations. Saw, you know, like you know, in Braveheart. Yeah. You know that bit where the two, the two. Like you've got like does blue and white brigade on one side of Federation Square, you've got Melbourne Victory and the police, and you've got Kevin Musket on a horse <laughs> that is riding, delivering each other's terms, <laughs> and yeah. they meet in the middle. I'm pretty sure that happened. Do you reckon that's what it was like? Pretty much. Um, look, the first thing to say that the reaction to this has been massive. The amount of um, fans that have got in touch with us and got in touch with uh, Aiden who have been writing the stories. Aiden said it's it's one of the biggest reactions he's seen from our readers ever. Yeah. Um, and the amount of fans who are, who are coming out to, to back out out of order what's happening is proves that it's happening, and it is too much, and it is affecting a lot of the fans, and it is alienating. Um, you know, let's be honest, the best fans in the league, you know, yeah. the, the most important fans in the A-League. And um, it's just a shame for me because, you know, it, the, the new stadium should have been the showcase to, to show off, you know, everything that is great about football and mm. everything that defines football with, you know, the active support, doing their thing in their home end, you know, in a in a purpose-built football stadium, you know, and the, the two local derbies that have been there have, have really given us a great sort of, you know, showcase for the league. Mm. However, you know, when... I mean, I've, I've been involved in this, you know, I've, I was down at... at um, Etihad when there was the you know the the tear gas and that went off and you know I I just feel having you know watched football all over the world that that there's a severe lack of understanding and appreciation from the security people here and the and the police here as to what is you know just you know fans active actively supporting their team and what is a potential situation that's going to kick off and there's a big difference between the two mm. and I just don't think that they get that line or where that line is you know but you know I will say that you know the Melbourne fans 
sometimes don't do themselves any favours with the flares because no. they know the attitude towards that. And I just think it weakens their position. I think they've got such a strong case on so many things that they just keep weakening their bargaining position by by letting off the flares when they know that the, the reasons behind that through safety and stuff like that. Mm, so it's such a minority, which must be frustrating for the rest of the majority. Are, thinking, you know, you know. And, and the fact of the matter is that they're not allowed to do the TIFO displays and the banners and the megaphones because that some, you know, the minority keep ripping flares. And I think they need to mm. you know, just self-police themselves, get over that, and then I think they'll get a much better hearing. Mm. To, to play devil's advocate a little bit, I mean, I've tried to think, well, what's going through the police and security minds? Why... You know, why are they acting like this, really? And, you know, it's right, the, the way that football fans, the, the passion that football fans display is different to what, you know, traditional codes in Australia would do. But do you think that the security and the police have no attitude going, well, I don't think they should get away with it. You know, we'd intervene if rugby or, you know, cricket fans... But we, do they, though? Do they? Do they intervene? Well, no, no, but they're saying, no, you know, no other code would get away with sort of, you know... I'm not saying it's right, I'm merely just... I'm trying to think... How, why on earth the police and security are trying to act like this? It's not the right attitude to have, but it's going to be quite difficult to educate them and go, well, no, this is more what football's about and they should be allowed to express themselves more. I mean, is that, is that going to get across? Is that going to yeah. work? But I sort of feel like, I feel like the FFA are, are too passive in this because the right? FFA are more than happy to repeatedly trade off the active supporters to sell their, their products. Fan made is the campaign this Fan year. Fan made, you know, the, 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 was it the season two or season three one with the fans jumping up and down yeah. you know and I think you can't have it both ways yeah. you can't you can't use those that that footage to sell your game without then you know and then stand by as as that active support is eroded you know mm. they need to step in and they need to they need to be the peacemaker in this they, it's not Kevin Musker <laughs> you know fair play to him that, <laughs> yeah. you know he needs all the good PR he can get at the moment. Yeah, but I mean, is he doing that because he even put a few victory fans off, you know, offside, didn't he, with, with the tackle? That... No, but I think he's always had that link to those guys. Yeah, you know, so he does know I, a lot of them personally, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, you know, stuff. so I think, I, I think fair play to him for stepping in. But I do think that, you know, it's, it should be the FFA that are brokering this, the, this deal between the club and the, the police, whatever, saying, look, you know, this defines our game. The way these guys support it, we need to find a way where these guys can do what they want to do in the confines of their home end and, you know, without being a danger to anyone else and they're left to do what they want to do, you know. And, and I just think we need to find a solution to this because these are the best we've got, you know. Mm. And, and as we say, you know, Melbourne Victory is exactly the same as Perth. You know, there are season ticket holders not going to games at the moment and that is, you know, criminal really for, mm. for, for where we're at. Um, okay, let's talk about a, a, a slightly different issue that, that obviously came to head last night and is just as inflammatory. It looks like we've had like, nearly 300 comments on the website already. Um, and this was the announcement that the Jets are going to adopt the... All right, let, okay. We're going to make ourselves unpopular here, aren't we? I'm, the Newcastle Knights it. colours. Well, yeah, it is the Newcastle Knights colours, but it's also been Newcastle's football colours as well, which is uh, red and blue stripes. Now... I'd say that probably three quarters, certainly the majority of fans are against this. Um, yeah. Trev, what do you think? Right. Well, I mean, we're having a bit of a chat about it. First thing I say, I think the kits look good. The ones that have suggested, yeah, actually, you know, it's Barcelona um, at home and, and, and Juventus away. Exactly. Yeah, yes. Black and white stripes away, red and blue stripes at home. So, so they look fine. And um, I know you're going to make a point about, you know, um, Tinkler having the right because of the amount of money 
he's put in. But the fans are sort of bemoaning the history, but it's a it's a fairly short history at the moment. It's, it was six you know, it's, seasons. It's six years, and th- there's a lot of talk about. Um, how football needs to find its own niche and it needs to be completely different from the other code and stuff. But, you know, if that isn't working, then the only way, you know, Jets are getting fans in is by giving tickets away for free or for $10, which isn't a long-term plan, then perhaps they do need to have a, a closer link, as hard as it may be to accept, with their rugby team, who's also, you know, with the same owner as their club. Um, but I know you... Uh, you feel that Tinkler has the right, don't well, you? Well, I, I just feel, you know, the, I'm the, the fans are bemoaning, oh, it's the history and we weren't consulted and, and stuff like that. I just feel like, you know, you can talk about history and identity. They were hours from having, from being history, mm. you know, and having no identity anymore, not having a team anymore until this guy comes in. And I don't, I think it's a bit rich to, you know, expect people like this. Because let's be honest, he's bankrolling this without any hope of getting a return on his investment. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he's doing this to support the community in, in the Hunter. That's been his state. And I do think it's a bit rich then when people, after this honeymoon period, then turn around and say, well, we don't think you can do this, we don't think you can do that. You yeah. know, I appreciate the fact that colours are important to a team, but I also think you know, no A-League club has got a model that works at the moment. No, yeah. This whole building our own identity on our own isn't working. Yeah, and maybe if the Jets were getting 15,000 a week, then maybe they could have a bit more of a say, but they're not. You know, and, I, and I just think that it, you know, if he's going to come in and, and create this super club, you know, one club, one Newcastle, and let's talk about him getting buying a basketball team it's as very well. common in Europe. Yeah, very I, I don't mind that because I just look at it, I think, well, that then unifies the city behind all of their sporting teams. Yeah. And that's got to be a good thing because that's, I think, more likely going to convert more of the floating voters over to supporting the Jets in the, in the non-rugby league season than it is if they're off doing their own thing and have got their own identity. Mm. Yeah. So I, I, I just think, you know, like, I, I think he's perfectly within his rights to try this model because no one's got a model that's working at the moment. And who knows, maybe in, in one-team cities, this might be the model that works. Exactly, yeah. And, and saying that's common in Europe, particularly mainland Europe, I mean, Real Madrid... Um, they've got a basketball team that I watched when I was over there yeah. because it was the Real Madrid basketball team Galatasaray as well um, you know they've got loads and loads of different types of clubs so it's something that, that works in Europe and that there's no reason not to try it sort of over here I mean the, one of the comments from the fans saying they're trying to take away the club's identity and I, I think that 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 goes too far. I think there's more to the club. I actually don't think they are. I, I actually think it's a step towards potentially yeah. building an identity, which is, you know, these are our, these are our city's colours. You know? yeah. And, and yeah, OK, the, the football club has played in, in, in gold for, for six seasons, but before that, it played in blue and red. Mm. And in terms yeah. of, of, of the fans being consulted, I mean, I'm a West Ham fan. We've been playing at the bowling ground for 100 years. You know, today we found out we're moving to the Olympic Stadium. There was no consultation with us because yeah. the administrators of the club are in charge and it's them who, who makes the decisions. So you, you can't get that upset about a, a kit change. As I said on Twitter last night, surely better blue and red than dead. Yes, and, you know, I'd ask it, yeah, of course, you know, the people have invested in shirts and bought shirts and they won the, they won the championship, you know, playing in that gold kit. But 
many, many bigger teams than, than the Newcastle Jets have changed colours. You know, would you rather Man United just play in yellow and green? Yeah. I mean, Villa played in pink at the turn of the century. Yeah. Or West Ham st- stole our kit off Villa, didn't we? Yeah, they stole the kit. Man, yeah. stole the kit. Yeah, and, and clubs change their away kits like like bloody confetti at the moment. You know, it's yeah. still marketing. So I, I think I can understand the disappointment from the fans, but I'd, I'd probably urge them to see the bigger picture. Uh, and to potentially look at the upsides of it, um, and also, it's a better kit. Yeah, it's a better kit. It's a better kit. It's a better kit. We kind of felt this was happening because when the, you say the honeymoon period, and it's completely right. When Sinclair first got, everyone's getting so excited about the stuff he's doing. But we were sort of saying, yeah, but it, you know, he's you know he's throwing food out to the masses, isn't he? He's, he? Of course, he's doing all the right things, but he's not got that much money because he always does that the whole time. He was going to have a plan, and at one point. You know, he, was his going to be plan a was always to support sport in the Hunter Valley. You know, mm. and, and I think that having one team, one identity, one colour, it is is what he said he's setting out to do. You know, and he's yeah. trying to he's trying to whatever sport you play, whether it be basketball, rugby league, football, you know, your team, you identify with your team. You know, mm. so I, I I sort of I think it's a, a model worth pursuing. I think it's a model that that could work. And as I say, no other models working. So. There's not a lot to lose, but I, I just think that I'd urge fans to have a little bit of a longer memory and to remember where they were at. Yeah. Um, you know, the Newcastle Jets have been completely reliant on two benefactors, none of whom have ever made a, a or ever likely to make in the foreseeable future much money out of it. Con Constantine certainly didn't make any money out of it. Um, so I do think that, you know, not that we should be thankful for what we've got, but I just think, you know, let's look at the bigger picture rather than and not get bogged down in the minutiae like, Six seasons playing in gold. Sure. And what's the email address for the Jets fan abuse so they can, oh, <laughs> can hit you that? direct? Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. We'll get... I mean you. I think that's... Oh, right, yeah. If you want to email me, just, just put a post on the forums. Um, I'll answer it. Uh, but yeah, get on there because the debate is raging. And to be fair, there are, there are a fair few Newcastle fans out there that are backing it and saying yes. that I think this is a good thing. So if you want to have your say, uh, jump onto the story and, uh, and get involved in the debate. All right, that's it for part three. We'll be back in part four to preview the final round of the regular season for the A-League and the women's W-League grand final. So uh, join us after the break. The new issue of 442 is on sale, and it's our annual Top 100 Players in the World Special Edition. Who will be number one? We head to Japan to meet Socceroo rising star Matt Spiranovic and go one-on-one with Liverpool legend Ian Rush. There's also the never-before-told story of Man United's riotous 1999 tour down under without Sir Alex Ferguson to watch over them. We'll also visit seven European local derbies in one huge Sunday. If that wasn't enough, there's a UEFA Champions League sticker album and stickers free with every issue. On sale now at newsagents or on the iPad via the App Store. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to the final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast. We've just been chatting off air and we've actually uh, looked at the league table slightly wrong. And um, We've obviously got the Newcastle Jets play tonight. Uh, we've been talking about the Jets in the last... Uh, they will be playing in gold tonight. Um, home to Perth. And if they win that, they then have to uh, beat the Mariners and hope that Wellington uh, lose at home to Fury. So you'd have to say it's very, very unlikely, but there is still a, a very unlikely chance for the Newcastle Jets to sneak into the finals. Yeah, they're, the and three also... Goal, three goals difference. So. Three goals difference, yeah. They've got, then it goes to goals four, doesn't it? You know, say if it's only one goal margins in each of those games and the Jets are... 
goals for they they were way behind way behind so they're going to have so to it's win. unlikely but we were I was actually incorrect when I said that the final six was was sorted it, it's not far off but uh, obviously Newcastle need to win tonight so uh, anything less than a win and they are they're out of it so um, well let's hope they do because then that would set up a, a, you know it's good to have a final well it's not all on the same time is it they don't do like in the Premier League no. the last game of the season's all yeah. at the same time so but, it'd be interesting to see tonight what the reaction from the fans is. Yeah. Uh, towards uh, the, the announcement of the change of colours um, and obviously let's hope that, that first and foremost they get behind the team because the team needs them tonight so they're uh, on Sporting Bet they're $1.72 to win uh, Perth for $4.75 and the draw is $3.60 so this is um, Perth's uh, yeah I mean they're just going to want this is Perth's last game Perth's last so they've they got the weekend off so right this, yeah yeah, I think there'll be uh, plenty of people over there glad to see the back of this season. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you would expect them to, you know, with the Jets still with a chance and Perth's last game Thursday night, you'd have to favour the Jets to win there, wouldn't you? Yeah. So assuming that, you know, assuming that Newcastle do win, uh, let's hope they do because that would probably be the only bit of excitement in the final round, really, because the uh, the Premiers have decided. Obviously, that's Brisbane. Second place is decided. That's Central Coast Mariners. So a bit of a contrast to last year when we had the Sydney Melbourne face-off uh, for the for the Premiership. So um, exactly. We're so going yeah. to be popular with Jets fans this podcast, aren't we? First of all, we had a go- First of all, we got it wrong and they can still qualify. And then we've, <laughs> we've sort of agreed with the move to red and blue. But anyway, um, we've seen both sides of the argument. Trev. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, Adelaide at home to Melbourne victory. So having. Broke the curse in some style in Melbourne. Can Adelaide uh, win two on the bounce at home to the victory, Trev? Uh, no. No? No. I, feel, I really? think, it, it, yeah, it will, it will go back to the de facto Adelaide victory result, and, uh, and I think the victory will, will pick up a win there. Just because I've been so underwhelmed of Adelaide, with the exception of that fury smashing, but I'm not quite sure that counts. Um, and, and yeah, I think the victory will go there and, and get a, a really sort of big win going into the finals. Okay. Uh, it's good to see Matthew Leckie back. You know, I think it, you know, he needs to get a bit of match fitness back because he could be, I, I certainly think, the difference between them having a, a good final season, series or a, or a bad final series. Mm. Saturday sees the first game. Melbourne Heart entertains Sydney FC. So, again, two teams that are, will have just missed out. Well, not just missed out in Sydney's case. But, yeah, season one for Melbourne Heart. Yeah. Trev ran that up for us I mean, uh, on the pitch. I, I, I would call it a uh, a D, a below par. Really? See, yeah, well, I think so. Only because we hyped them up so much with the group and they done and the way they went around everything. Certain things that you know they did get, you know, really, really right. But in terms of just reviewing on how they're looking in the table, I just thought they'd do better. I thought they'd definitely take the finals, um, and I, I tipped them to be in the top four. To be fair, and the, they've not really got. That close, have they? They're well over. You know, they're a good what twelve points out of making the top four. So I, I thought they'd, they'd run close, and they might be a little bit disappointed. But they're, they're well worth watching for next season. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably, I'd probably give them a C minus. I think. Mm. Yeah, you know, just below a pass, probably. I think. You know, I, I think they. The key thing for me is going to be how they how they replace the senior players that are leaving now. Obviously, John Aloisi. Josip Skoko and Gerald Seabon, who, who will play his last game for uh, for Hart, you know, all have contributed. Um, you know, in Aloisi's case, probably more than I think people may have expected at the well, start. Yeah. He's done pretty well. Um, I think the key thing will be who they bring in. You know, do they go local, 
Um, or do they go to Europe or, or beyond? Um, so that would be interesting. I think, you know, I hope they, you know, they keep some stability there. Obviously, Van Skip, Olsen and Milicic. Um, so, yeah, so I'd, I'd probably give them a C-. So they're, they're going to round off their season at home to Sydney FC. Um, Brisbane Raw hosts the Gold Coast, as we talked about. Uh, Brisbane already premiers. This will be where they will receive the, the trophy in front of their own fans at Suncorp Stadium. So not nothing to play for for Brisbane, but it, was, it should still be a, a, hopefully a fantastic occasion and really hope that the Brisbane public get out and support their team. I know that the, uh, the Raw have donated 5,000 tickets to flood-affected families, uh, the emergency services workers and the, and the volunteers. So really good, uh, good initiative and good recognition there from Brisbane Raw. And let's hope that that's backed with a, a fair few paying customers and maybe get up near the 30,000 mark. Sure. It's still possible for, for Gold Coast to slip to fifth. You know, if, if, yeah. if a victory win, there's a bit of a goal difference um, to overturn Gold Coast a, a plus 12, victory plus seven. But that would make it really interesting, wouldn't it, if, if that was to happen? Um, well, no, they'd still play each other, wouldn't they? It would still be Gold Coast, Melbourne. In. Well, I, I think last season was a one versus two, and then it was three versus six, and four versus they five. Were, and they were one-off games. Yeah. 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 So that would mean the victory would be would host Gold Whichever, Coast rather, rather than going to Gold Coast. Yeah. yeah. I think we we cocked up last year as well, didn't we? How the probably <laughs> how the finals worked. Um, so I mean, look, that you know that can make a, a little bit of a difference. Um, but yeah, you, you'd expect Brisbane to. To round out the season. Okay, with. Phoenix uh, at home at the uh, at Westpac Stadium to North Queensland Fury. Uh, they'll know tonight whether they need uh, a result there to secure finals. Um, even if uh, Newcastle win tonight, they'll only need a draw. And given the the way Fury are sort of limping home, you'd probably say that they're guaranteed that over there. Yeah, yeah, especially at home, they'll they'll get at least a point there, won't they? Yeah, and Mariners uh, F3 derby to finish off. Mariners hosting Newcastle, as we said, this could be this could be a cracker. This could be the the one game of the weekend that has an awful lot riding on it. If uh, if the Mariners um, do beat, uh, if sorry, if Newcastle yeah. do do beat win tonight, then um, and obviously with Phoenix uh, kicking off before. Because that kicks off at three, and then the Mariners' uh, game kicks off at five. So they could be in a position, if North Queensland do them a favour, that they know they've got to go out and win to, to nick the final spot. So that, that could be a cracking end to the weekend. Mm. Uh, so that's all from the blokes. Yes. There's also the W League final. Um, Sydney SC versus Brisbane Raw. Sydney going for back-to-back uh, championships. Uh, Brisbane Raw won it the, the season before that. Um, probably You'd probably say, Trev, the two best teams... In the comp consistently over the over the, there's, there's the W League m- yeah. history, really. There's more consistency to the W League than there is the A League, and this is a really really cracking grand final because these two are, are are well out in front. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, we've got um, Sydney strike duo Lena Karmis and Kai Simon. We've got over 20 goals between them this season. Uh, on the other side, you've got Lisa Devanna uh, from the Matildas star. So it promises to be a yeah, I'd, I'd probably tip this to be quite a high-scoring game. So it's yeah. out at Campbelltown Stadium. Uh, and with Sydney FC playing away down in Melbourne, I'd encourage any, uh, any Sydney FC fans who want to get their football fix to head down to Campbelltown Stadium and, uh, and support the girls. Uh, it's also live uh, on ABC One at 3pm. Mm, so I'd like again. to see those viewing figures because they've gone very well for the, for, yeah. for the W League. And yeah, that would be interesting. And obviously plenty of Matildas on display or potential Matildas uh, with the World Cup 
coming up, uh, getting increasingly closer, mm. a matter of months away. And, and Trev, we've got some of the Matildas coming into the office soon for. Uh, Hopefully, yeah, we're we're waiting for the, um, the the confirmation of the new kit that they'll wear at the World Cup. And once we've got that, we'll uh, we'll do our photo shoot with them. Fantastic. One last thing, I just want to uh, give a plug to Sony Ericsson, one of our uh, one of our regular partners on the commercial side of things. They've got a, a special Champions League promotion, uh, which is if you buy any one of their uh, Xperia range of Android phones, you can go into a draw to win one of five uh, trips to the Champions League final at Wembley. So for, uh, I think the cheapest one of the phones is about 250 bucks. So for, yeah. buy yourself a new phone and you could be on your way to the Champions League final at Wembley. Which would it, be a- it's a bucket list thing, isn't it? I, I went to the Champions League final in uh, 2003 and I won't reveal the amount I paid off a tout, but it was enough. To, it was Old Trafford, that one. West Ham one, isn't it? No, it? mate, they weren't. I decided to go and watch someone else. Yeah. Um, AC Milan, Juventus, nil-nil. Yeah. Great. Extra time, nil nil. Brilliant. Worth every, <laughs> worth every the many pennies I paid on that. And if you, uh, if you buy it from an Optus store, there's an added bonus. Just for buying it, uh, you'll get a Champions League ball, which you've actually got in the office. And it's pretty, uh, pretty nifty added. Yeah. Which, which is League worth ball. a fair whack. I mean, you know, spending 250 on a phone, you'll get yep. most of that back with a ball. So if you want any more details, <laughs> just head to sonyerickson.com forward slash football. All right. That's it for this week. We will be back next week to wrap up the final round of the A-League, the W-League final, and preview the first week of finals football. So uh, get out and support your team this weekend. Enjoy your football, and we'll be back next week. Thanks for joining us. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.